I'm your host, Lindy Brown, with the very smart and talented owner of NC with Lexi Realty, powered by Fathom, Lexi Whittington. Woohoo! So today we're going to be talking about the six do's and don'ts of working with a real estate agent. So as a first time home buyer, finding the right agent can be really challenging. But whether your agent is a friend, a complete stranger, or somewhere in between, there's a bit of etiquette that you should know when working with an agent. So today's podcast is all about our top six do's and don'ts of working with a real estate agent. Um, Before we get to that, Lexi, as a real estate agent, can you tell us a little bit about how often you work with clients that you know that are like family and friends versus clients that are complete strangers? Yeah, it's actually pretty cool because you would think that I work more with people that I know and that I bring into the real estate business, but it's actually quite the opposite. So nine out of every 10 clients that I help are complete strangers that come in off the street or contact me through social media or call me on the phone. And we start working together as strangers. And by the end of the transaction, I tend to keep really close relationships with the people who were once my clients and call them close friends now. Yeah. So do you find that clients across the board, whether you know them ahead of time or whether they're brand new clients, all make these kind of like mistakes that we're going to talk about today? Yes, I feel like the mistakes are pretty common across the board. A lot of the times you're going to be dealing with people who are first timers, and then you're going to be dealing with veteran clients who have bought and sold real estate previously in the past. Everyone's experience that they have with their agent is so unique. And that's what makes real estate awesome, right? Is because everyone has such a different experience as they're going through this process. And I'm definitely looking forward to talking about these top six do's and don'ts. One thing that I want to say is um, for the purposes of this episode, we're assuming that at this point you've already found an agent that you love um, and that you've signed a contract to work exclusively with them and or their agency so that you're not talking to multiple agencies or agents at a time. Um, We also know that the process of finding a real estate agent can be really daunting. I mean, I've bought two homes and found our realtors in very different ways for very different reasons. So please keep an eye out for a future podcast where we'll go into all of the secrets of choosing a great real estate agent. Okay, on to our main topic. Here are our six great do's and don'ts for working with a real estate agent. Number one, the most important do. You do want to listen to your agent. This is super vital to having a prosperous relationship with the person that you're trusting with the biggest purchase of your entire life. I cannot stress this enough. Your agent is the expert in everything from knowing the neighborhoods to real estate law. So trusting and respecting their professional advice and them rooting for you as your community advocate is so important, especially nowadays when we have 15,000 agents just in the area that I service, you want to listen to that professional and trust their advice so that they can help you with every step of the transaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do think too, um, you know, a part of once you've committed to one agent, you've fallen in love with them for a reason. So don't second guess yourself unless there's a huge, huge red flag. But all these like little things of like, you know, there's so many like little things that can come up when you're house hunting, right? Um, of, you know, not getting an appointment. This happened to us. Lexi was my realtor when we brought our home here um, in North Carolina. And we had a, a booking to see a house two or three days down the road. We were the first people that were going to see the house. 
the house was bought sight unseen without us ever, you know, being able to tour it, even though we had the very first spot. I did not take that as Lexi didn't go out and try her best to get us that house. Like, you know, give them the benefit of a doubt. It wasn't meant to be and move on. Right. And I think that's a really great point, actually. And when you think to yourself, you put yourself in your agent's shoes. For example, if I'm helping 20 different clients all at one time and there's only 12 hours in the day, sometimes, you know, things are going to take a couple hours to get back to you as the client. And so I would just trust in your agent, listen to your agent. They're busy just like you. We all have jobs that we need to work. And if you do have a good agent, they're going to try and do everything they can to get you the best deal possible for you and the other 19 agents that they're working for. So just make sure you keep that in mind. As Lindy said, six months ago, the market was completely different. And they're not the only client I had that struggled with that problem. Whereas we would have a showing for Saturday at 12 and the house would go under contract Saturday at 9 a.m. In situations like this, it's very vital that we understand there's nothing the agent could have done differently in that situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go on to our number two uh, do and don't, which is do book your viewings through your agent. If you're booking with one person, they might have insider info on a property. They might have insider info on the area or the market that you're looking in. So, you know, make sure you book everything with your agent. Yes, 100%. I think this is another very important aspect of trusting your agent, right? So we want to make sure that when you establish that relationship with someone that you're trusting in, they're agreeing to give you 100% of their time and their trust right back. So what we are hoping to get as your agent is that same trust back to us. So if you are wanting our assistance when it comes to buying or selling your home, we kind of expect you to keep a cohesive relationship and not go out and ask other agents for their opinions or kind of sharing your experiences with other agents only because it protects you. It's confidentiality on your behalf. And I promise your agent is doing everything that they can to help you if they are a good agent. Now, there are some things that they can do. So if they're not available for a showing, they can hire a showing agent to meet you out there. They can ask their broker in charge or some of their team members to show you the property. But it's very important to maintain that confidential relationship between you and your agent because that's the best way to establish trust trust within each other. So, Well, that brings us on to our first don't, which is our do's and don'ts number three, which is don't ask other agents' opinions while working with your realtor, right? You want to stay in your lane. Don't be messy with other people and just kind of focus with your one trusted advisor. Yes. And that can get really gray because we have so many laws that as real estate agents, we have to abide by. And one of them is maintaining confidentiality with the client. As soon as you're under a buyer agency agreement, there's so many stipulations that come into play at that time, including if another agent tries to interfere with your relationship, that could cost them their license. So a lot of people don't know that. Uh, It's called poaching. You're not allowed to poach another realtor's client. It's just unacceptable. It's unethical. Uh, This can also create confusion between the relationship that you have with your agent. So you want to make sure that if you have any questions, you need any kind of advice, or if you have any opinions on something that the first person you're asking is that trusted advisor that you hire to represent you, which would be your agent. Mm -hmm. I also think that if you've gone down this road with your agent, right, you've gone now, thankfully, we didn't see this many houses when (laughs) you and I were working together. But sometimes you're seeing 20, 30, 40, 50 houses, right? Because your your map is really wide. You don't know where exactly, you know, you're going to be 
Like, there's a lot of reasons why you might have to tour a lot of homes. But as you're in the narrowing down process, if you're working specifically with one person and you're down to like, okay, I now know the school district. I want to be in this zone. I'm looking for this kind of house. It's in this budget. Um, If somebody else gives their opinion, it could direct your focus back elsewhere. It could like open that back up. Like I was thinking about this when we were researching and, and talking about this episode of like the say yes to the dress. Did you ever watch that show? Oh yeah. So, you know, a lot of times they only bring out like five dresses, right? That's They're right. like, you're going to see these five dresses. You're going to put on these five dresses and then you're not going to let anybody else tell you anything until you've seen these five dresses. Right. That's and right. if you've seen these five dress- dresses and you can't make a decision, then you can open it up again, but you want to keep narrowing down, narrowing down. We're not going to then open you up to 20 more. We're going to open you up to like another two. Right. Right. So it's the same in real estate. I think it's like, you know, we all get on these apps and it's like swipe right, swipe left on all these like real estate fantasies. Yes. But um, but you have to narrow down your search. And if you start like getting in all these crazy voices from the outside world, they don't know the specifics of why you've narrowed it down to X, Y and Z only. And it can create a lot of confusion and undue stress. Right. And then you become overwhelmed and it's basically undoing all of the work that your agent has done thus far. Mm -hmm. So I love the say yes to the dress reference because I can completely relate with that with real estate, which is why typically when I'm showing properties to clients, I limit it to their top five per day because it gets so confusing going from one house to the other. And it's exhausting. At the end of the day, everyone's tired. They're ready to go eat. They're ready to relax and spend time with their families. And yes, it may feel good in theory to go and see 20 houses in a day, but... It's not going to be good for anyone Mm -hmm. at the end of that day. You pick your top five for the one day. You go out and see it. And hopefully you can put in one to three offers and be done with it. Um, You know, at the end of the day, everyone's time is super valuable, right? The client's time, the agent's time. And so as long as you have that trust built in and you can accept that the agent is doing the best to find the client, the best property that they're looking for, I think everyone would be happy at the end of the day. I agree. Yeah. Okay, so you want to tell us our number four? Yes, so our number four is a don't, and this is very important. Don't attend an open house without revealing you're working with an agent. This comes into play when you have other agents advertising open houses and they're giving away free refreshments. Sometimes they have prizes. What is the purpose of an open house? Obviously, it's to get business, right? So an open house serves two purposes. One for the listing agent, it markets the property to potential buyers. However, it also brings in potential buyers to the agent that wants to get that business. So sometimes you have different agents holding the open house and it could not be the listing agent just because we want to share the business with other realtors. So if you go to an open house and you do have a buyer's agency agreement or are currently working with a realtor, Just make sure that you're open and honest with the agent that is holding that open house because you don't want to waste anyone's time and you don't want to give a false perception that you could be a client for them when really you're not. Someone else has already put in the time. Now, do I attend open houses with my clients? Sometimes. Depends on the time and day. But if the open house is available I'll instruct my clients to say, hey, we have a real estate agent. She could or could not be with us today, but we want to let you know that up front. We really appreciate your time showing us this lovely listing that you have. I think, too, it creates a good relationship. If you do go to put an offer on that house, um, 
you don't want any bad blood from the start, right? Like that's exactly right. You know, you don't want um, you, because it is a negotiation process. You're going to ask for certain things. They're going to ask for certain things. And if there's already bad blood to begin with, you're not getting the best value for that house. You're not getting those that extra little property thing fixed or whatever. They're not going to care about the house that they're moving out of if you have bad blood from the start. Right. That's exactly right. And I, I'm not a big proponent of bringing your emotions into the business transaction. However, a lot of agents do. So we cannot negate the fact that if you start off on bad terms or you start off by being sneaky and lying about your representation, that it could come back to bite you in the end. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, something that we've already mentioned a couple of times is our big number five don't. Um, it is don't waste people's time. Um, we've said this a couple times already, but I do feel like it needs a category unto itself. Um, so one of the reasons um, you can be wasting people's time is, you know, don't schedule viewings of homes that you um, don't qualify for or would never actually want to buy. Like, don't be a looky-loo on homes that are, you know, outside of your budget or um, out. Like, I am not a very modern person. I would not want a house with, you know big glass architecture type things. I don't know. It's a really bad example. I'm really bad at this. But like, I know my style. And if the house doesn't have that kind of style, um, why would I even go look at it in person? Like, exactly. know what you want. Like window shopping. Yeah. 100%. Except with window shopping, you have control over your time and you're not dragging other people into it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I completely agree. It's the same when it goes for Zillow. A lot of people don't know that when you're scrolling through Zillow and you're house shopping, you're window shopping for your dream home, and you click that little blue button on the right-hand side that says request more information regarding this house, that you're actually costing a real estate agent several dollars, sometimes hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars for that click because how Zillow works is the agents will pay monthly for a zip code on Zillow. And in that zip code, we're guaranteed a certain amount of people that are going to call us or that are going to click that little blue button where Zillow can say, oh, we have a connection for you. We have an opportunity for you to help someone buy a house and earn that commission. So we're paying Zillow every month regardless of what happens. However, if you're just window shopping and you're not ready by you don't have a pre-approval or you don't even know where you want to live, you've cost that real estate agent an opportunity that they would have had had you not pressed that button. So just be very conscientious of that. It will happen. You Sometimes you have a budget in mind or you have that you want a five bedroom home with three and a half bathrooms for under 300,000, but you're looking in a place where those houses start at 500. So that's understandable. That's when you talk to a professional such as your realtor and say, hey, send me homes that are within this budget so I can kind of see what my market is like. That's understandable. But once you have the pre-approval, let's say it's at 500,000, you don't want to ask an agent to show you a $750,000 home, right? Yeah. Same thing if you were to go to the supermarket and you say, hey, you know, I have $100 to spend in here, but I'm going to put $300 worth of groceries on the conveyor belt. It doesn't make sense. So just be conscientious of that the next time you're talking with your realtor. But I think that's also another um, thing. You need to have your pre-approval letter before you start touring homes. I highly recommend it. Yes, I do. I think years and years ago, that wasn't as dire. But I think the times have changed. And so, um, you know, you used to be able to go to open houses and just look. But houses were also on the market a lot longer. 
than now. Right. Um, and a lot of things have changed, you know, especially with COVID. So COVID was a real, that put a real kink in everybody's plans because during COVID, if you wanted to see a property, the sellers and the listing agent have the ability still to this day to deny your showing request. And especially during COVID, if people were just window shopping and they did not have a pre-approval, those showing requests were denied because you're spreading germs. Even if you don't have COVID, there's still that possibility that you're a carrier or you have something else and you're bringing it into someone's home where they live. You might be giving it to other people. So it's just, it's never a good idea. Plus you're wasting gas. Plus it's affecting the environment. Things that I don't like to do. But having a pre-approval is very important. One, because it gives you you know, realistic expectations on what you can get in the market that you're trying to buy. It gives you an expectation of what kind of mortgage payment you're looking at. It could be substantially higher than what you're currently paying. And you want to know that up front. Um, But I would say with my firm specifically, we don't require a pre-approval to start showing properties up front. We'll show you a couple just to kind of get your feet wet. But after that, it is kind of an understanding that, hey, we're going to connect you with an amazing lender and we're going to see what your pre-approval is like going forward. What is another way that um, a client can accidentally waste time um, for themselves or an agent? I would say showings are a big one. There's a lot of firms that don't allow showings at all without a pre-approval. I would say that's a big one. Another one is I help a lot of first-time home buyers. I help a lot of buyers who come to me and say, Lexi, I've been told that it's going to be impossible for me to buy a home, that I'm always going to be a renter. What can I do? So if I'm investing time with you, because I truly believe that everyone is worthy of being a homeowner, if you are willing to take the steps that it takes to get there, then you deserve to own a home. And I'll back that 100%. But if I'm willing to put my time into you and help you get there, and it's going to take six months to a year, but six months from now you're ready and then you contact another realtor because they were in the right place at the right time, that's a huge blow. You know, so that's something you never want to do. Please make sure you keep the contact information of that agent because I may only contact you once every month to check in after I give you the steps that you need. And then after six months, I could be busy with 20 new agents and I'm going to need you to reach out to me and say, hey, you helped me for the last six months. Now I'm ready to buy. Let's get this thing going. So I would say that's another way that you could really waste an agent's time is requesting that help and then just bypassing them and using another realtor who didn't. Another way that you can waste someone's time is by using a software such as Rocket Mortgage, where they're going to pull your credit a bunch of times to try to approve you for a loan through one of their partner lending companies. They're basically a broker for all of your lending options. And they pull it a bunch of times and send you your options so that you can decide where you want to use your pre-approval and for which company. I don't recommend this only because if you're trusting in your real estate agent to get you to the finish line of your transaction and to get you the home that you're looking for, it's wise to use utilize their partners. And every realtor is going to have a trusted lending partner, at least one of them that they've done transactions with, that they trust, they know how the process works in order to make it a smooth transaction. And they can do just as good of a job getting you that pre-approval without having to pull your credit 100 times, which is awesome. Another thing lenders don't really like you to know is once you make a mortgage application and it pulls your credit once, you have a 30-day window to apply with as many different lenders as you want to, and it only pulls your credit one time. The federal government allows this to happen so that we can shop around for the best rate for us. So that's a little something that they don't really like to tell you, a little secret that we're going to give you on the podcast today, but... bonus tip. little bonus. Yeah, that's right. I like them little secrets. So (laughs) definitely shop around and get the best rate for you and uh, 
what you're looking for specifically? Um, well, speaking of shopping around, our last number six do's and don'ts um, is to do your homework before a viewing. So, you know, when we were working together and um, when you were my agent, um, you would send us three or four houses and we would look at each of those. And most of the time we'd say yes to seeing a showing, but sometimes it would be like, nope, that has one of our hard no's. We don't want to do that one or whatever. But t- can we talk about a little bit about other ways people should be doing their homework prior to um, showing up for a viewing? Yes. And this one goes back to five as well about wasting time. One of the things that I train my ages to do and that we do at NC with Lexi Realty powered by Fathom is whenever we have a showing request, we'll go ahead and send you a copy of the MLS sheet the agent view, and we'll go ahead and send you a copy of all disclosures. So the residential property disclosure and the mineral oil and gas rights. We do this because I've had clients in the past where I'll show up at a property that they absolutely love. We didn't have the residential property disclosures before we viewed the house. And it turns out that there was mold in the crawl space for a week before we saw it, which you know, you don't want to deal with that. It completely removes the home off the table. But now we've wasted gas and time seeing the property when we could have eliminated it from the beginning. So you definitely want to request from your agent all of the disclosures and the MLS sheet before you get there. The MLS sheet will also show the commission percentage that your agent is going to make. So you can see if the listing side is only paying 1%. That might not be a good idea. Or if the listing side is paying 3% might be a good one to look at. Um, And then on... To piggyback off of that a little bit, if you can drive by the property before scheduling the showing with your agent, we highly recommend it only because there's only so much that you can see online, right? And of course, we should believe everything we read online, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I highly recommend driving by, looking at your neighbors. It could be in the best neighborhood that there is, and you could live beside someone who has a junkyard of cars. You you just never know. Mm-hmm. So if this is going to turn you off from the beginning, then might as well not have your realtor involved. I mean, drive by both day and night too. Yes. I, 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 for real. Because I remember there was this one community that we were kind of looking at, this one neighborhood um, that um, we drove by at night. It all looked really peaceful and beautiful. And we're like, we really want to live in this area. And then we showed up for the listing during the day. And it was like, Oh, I did not see all of this around it. I mean, actually, that was that house that we showed up. We walked to the back of the property and there was a train behind it down in a cliff that we couldn't see on the street view, on the map view. Um, And if we hadn't walked to the back of the property, we never would have seen it either because it was down the side of like a hill. And um, like, I did not know that we would have had a train completely running through our backyard, which was just not what we were looking for in a home. I'm sure there's many people who would love that and think it's very charming, but it just wasn't for me with a five-year-old at the time. So Right, for sure. And like you said, there was no way that we could have known that without going and visiting the property. So I think that's super important. And another pro tip from your favorite realtor ever is drive by this property during rush hour traffic. Drive by during the times that you would be commuting to and from work. That's really going to show you what it's going to be like living at that house. I mean, really, we have a spot here by 4042 in North Carolina that we call Death Valley. And I had a client go under contract for a new construction without me present, actually. But she put my name down as her agent. And it was a new construction property right in front of Death Valley. And her husband worked in downtown Raleigh. 
And after she called me and said, hey, we signed all the paperwork, but don't worry, we put your name on there as our agent, so you're still protected. My first response to her was, well, congratulations, but I wish I would have known before you did this because instead of having that 30-minute commute that you're used to having, it's going to be an hour, an hour and a half driving down 40 through Death Valley. And she had no idea. She was from out of state. Me being born and raised here gives me a huge advantage because I'm going to know things like that. And I was able to tell her and she was able to back out because of that. And they ended up buying another property in Sanford. But it's just one of those things that you really need a community advocate for. You really need to drive by the property and kind of take a look at it before wasting everyone's time. And I think um, talking about out-of-state clients, I think that's going to be a whole nother podcast because we tried to buy sight and scene out-of-state, not with you, with somebody else. And I'm really, really glad we didn't do it. It was not for us ultimately because of our situation. But there are some really, really good reasons why you should buy a site unseen with the right real estate agent. And there's some things to look out for. So I hope to do that podcast in the future too. For sure. And I'll be sharing my personal story of the one client I've ever had that did buy sight unseen in that episode. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, I love it. So do you have any other bonus tips that you can give us today? Any other do's or don'ts that we should know about? I think we've done a good job talking about everything. I would just say overall, be cognizant of everyone's time. Trust in your real estate agent. They really do have what's best for you in their heart. And they're going to give you that same trust and respect right back. Hopefully you have the right agent for you because different strokes for different folks, right? I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but you need to figure out who is going to best vibe with what you're looking for. Absolutely. So do listen to your agent. Do book your viewings through your agent. Don't ask other agents opinions while working with your own realtor. Um, Don't attend open houses without revealing that you're working with an agent. Don't waste people's time. Huge one. And do your homework before a viewing. We hope these six do's and don'ts for working with an agent will help create a really smooth and positive experience throughout your house hunting and escrow process. Now, if you like this episode, please leave us a positive rating and um, review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have any questions about this episode or about real estate in general, we invite you to join our free Hello Real Estate Facebook group where we encourage an open dialogue with all community members. The link is in our show notes and we hope to see you there. Bye. Bye.